everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donadio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, we'll see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous. And I am with my special guest, author and founder of Living Waters, Ray Comfort. Wow, I just pinched myself when I said that just to be sure it was real, but it is, and you'll get to meet him in just a moment. This month, I am honored with extraordinary guests you will not want to miss. Next week, you'll hear from Carol McLeod. She's a best-selling, prolific author and popular speaker at women's conferences and retreats where she teaches the Word of God with great joy and enthusiasm. Carol is a friend of mine, a mentor, and she encourages and empowers women with passionate and practical biblical messages mixed with her own special brand of hope and humor. She has been named in the top 50 faith blogs for women, and you're just going to absolutely love this conversation. It is so rich. It is so full of wisdom. And then the next episode after that, you will hear from Cindy Wilkins. She has overcome many obstacles, including infertility and a quadruple amputation. During her rehabilitation, she worked hard to recapture her relationship with her children and learn to walk, swim, and dance through life. She has been interviewed by major TV personalities, recognizing her strength and adversity. As a wife, mom, author, and speaker, Cindy has a heart for sharing her story with transparency, bringing tears and laughter in the hopes of shining a light for others facing dark times. You know, this is a dark time in our country and in our world with so many challenges we have faced with the coronavirus. And so I just pray that each and every week you are so encouraged by this podcast to make life matter. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at AngelaDonadio.com and we would love to have you. Well, let's not wait another second for you to meet Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort is the founder and CEO of Living Waters and the best-selling author of more than 90 books, including God Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life, How to Know God Exists, and The Evidence Bible. He co-hosts the award-winning television program, Way of the Master, airing in, wait, every country in the world. He's the executive producer of 180 Evolution versus God, Audacity, and other films. He's married to Sue. He has three grown children, and he has not left the house without gospel tracks for decades. Well, welcome, Ray Comfort. It is such an honor to have you on the Make Life Matter podcast today. Oh, thank you. Great to be here, Angela. Appreciate it. Well, you know, we share a mutual friend, and that is the publisher, Bridge Logos. And so I'm so grateful for that connection today that allows you to have the time to talk with our listeners. And, you know, we share here about discovering miracles and life's messy moments. And I know we'll have a chance to share about how you've seen the miraculous in your life. And so I'm just so grateful that you've taken this time to be with us today. Oh, pleasure. Good to be here. Well, thank you for your deeply impacting ministry on countless lives. And one way that you've chosen to make life matter is to unapologetically reach people with the gospel. So I'm just 
curious as we kind of start this conversation, was there a defining moment for you that you knew this is how you wanted to invest your life or was it a process to embracing God's call on your life? It happened the moment I got saved. I thought people are going to hell. People are going to be swallowed by death. That includes my mom and dad, my brother, my sister, my neighbor, strangers. And so I became incredibly zealous the second I got saved. And it's always been motivated by gratitude. God uh, took me out of death and gave me life. And it's a huge uh, fuel, a high octane fuel that drives me to do God's will. And it's stronger now than it was when I was first saved. So, uh, yes, gratitude to to God for my salvation that I've been saved from death and horror at the thought of hell existing uh, mm. for those who die in their sins. Were you one of the first in your family to receive Christ as, as your savior? One of the first as only one. <laughs> oh. uh, my mom and dad weren't Christians. My mom was Jewish. She married a Gentile, kicked out of the family mm. uh, when she got married. Um, and they left me to do my own thing. My brother and sister had no Christian instruction, neither did I, until I got saved at the age of 22. Wow. This is not something that I had mentioned for us to talk about, but I'm, I'm really maybe burdened is the word or grieved that even though my husband and I, we pastor a church outside of Washington, DC, we're noticing a trend that there just is not much discussion, even among mainline denominations and pastors about hell. I, I feel like I know how you feel about that, but I would love to hear, you know, when you talk about how grateful you are and the horror of pulling people out of hell and into heaven, why do you think that's the case? And, and what, if anything, do you think can be done about that? Yeah, I think the reason is um, we have lost the biblical proclamation of the gospel. Many of our popular preachers, aren't sons of thunder, uh, preaching righteousness and the great congregation they're motivational speakers who are ear ticklers and the reason they're ear ticklers and they don't want to mention sin righteousness and judgment is because they're forsaken god's law the moral law the ten commandments bring the knowledge of sin and until you see sin as being exceedingly sinful any judgment of god upon sinners will seem uh, uh, inappropriate un unproportionate they think, oh, I don't want to mention hell because how can I say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? If you die and you sin, you're going to hell. It doesn't make sense to them. But once you understand biblical evangelism, that what Jesus did in Mark 10 verse 17 was to bring the knowledge of sin to sinners by opening up those commandments. And that's what happened with the Sermon on the Mount where he said, you've said, heard it said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery, seventh commandment. But I say to you, whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already within his heart. When we understand the spiritual nature of the law and realize, is God that holy? Does he really see my thought life? Does he consider lust to be adultery and hatred to be murder? Then suddenly hell makes sense. You know, Angela, when I wrote a book called um, Hitler, God and the Bible, I uh, began making my way through the Holocaust and weeping my way, my way through. I've always had in the back of my mind, you know, if God is good, how could he create hell? After studying the Holocaust in depth, I came out of it saying, if God is good, how can there not be a hell? There must be judgment for such evil. There must be judgment for men who have raped women and slit their throats. And, and God is going to have his day of judgment, but he's so thorough. He, Jesus warned God's justice will grind to powder. In other words, when you grind something to powder, you do a thorough job and God's going to judge right down to the thoughts and intents of the human heart. Mm. And so when a preacher doesn't expound the law of God and open up uh, sin to show it to be exceedingly sinful, 
then he doesn't feel comfortable talking about hell and so they avoid it. But once you understand the exceeding sinfulness of sin, you cannot but mention uh, the justice of God is coming and for that we should rejoice. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And it's really the love of God that made a way out for those sins. So we rob people of experiencing the, the real truth if we don't share the whole picture. We can't just share the grace of God and not not the justice of God that demanded restitution for sin. And so um, I've been so appreciative that you've you've been unapologetic in your you know, pursuit of sharing the gospel. And one of your many compelling illustrations about Christianity involves our need for a parachute. And I've, I'm familiar with it, but maybe some of our listeners are not. I wonder if you might could share that with us and why that has meant so much to you. Well, I'm a parachute nut. I'm always pulling into witnessing sessions, the whole analogy of a parachute and jumping without a parachute. I begin uh, witnessing sessions. I go out twice a day with my dog on my bike. He wears sunglasses and it gets attention from a college I go to every day. <clears throat> Women often yell out when they see a white dog wearing sunglasses on my bike. How cute. And I call back, so is the dog. <laughs> anyway, uh, I begin by just going up to students and saying, will you come on camera? Because our YouTube channel's just passed 100 million views. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Wow. Put up two new videos each day. I said, would you come on camera? They say, no, no. I said, well, I want to ask you about dying. Do you think there's an afterlife? They say, oh, I don't know. Do you think about it much? And they usually say, no, I don't think about it hardly ever. And I say, you know why? And they say, why? I say, because you're terrified. It takes your breath away. The thought of dying, your dog dying, grandma dying, grandpa mm. dying, your parents dying, your brother and sister, you're going to die. And I say, you know, the Bible says the whole of humanity is held captive by the fear of death all their lifetime. And I say, jump, uh, dying is like jumping out of a plane at night without a parachute. It's, mm. it's called the king of terrors in the Bible. So anyway, I use a parachute analogy a lot in that sense. But there's one particular that I've used for many years from a teaching I do called Hell's Best Kept Secret that people can listen to freely of charge on the bottom of the homepage of livingwaters.com. And I just show the era of modern evangelism in the sense uh, of an analogy about two men who are on a plane one is given a parachute and told it, was, it would improve his flight. Flight attendant says, put this parachute on, improve, improve your flight, make it much better. So he puts it on experimentally to see if the claim is true. And the flight hits turbulence and a flight attendant spills hot coffee all over his lap and he burns him and he, he rips the parachute off and throws it to the floor and says, stupid parachute. But the second man is told to put the parachute on because it will save him from a jump to come. He has to jump out of a plane 10,000 feet at any minute, and that's why he needs a parachute. He puts this parachute on from a completely different motive to be saved from the jump to come, not for better flight. Mm. And so when the, when the flight attendant hits uh, turbulence and spills hot coffee all over his lap, he doesn't say the stupid parachute. He goes, man, that hurt. And he clings to the parachute and even, look forward to the, even looks forward to the jump. And the analogy is that if we say to people, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to give you love, joy, peace, fulfillment, help your marriage problem, drug problem. He'll really improve your flight with a wonderful plan. They come for a wrong motive. Mm. And when tribulation comes, they become bitter, quote, backsliders who haven't backslid, they haven't stood forward in the first place. They become bitter because the promise that it'll be a wonderful new life, peace and joy and problem free just isn't true. We enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Mm. And so, what we need to tell sinners is that you're going to jump out of the plane any minute. You're going to pass through death and you're going to face a holy God. And he's got a law that's far more just and holy uh, than the 
law of gravity. So you need a parachute. You need a savior. So when sinners respond because they've lusted, they've lied, they've stolen, they've committed adultery in their heart, when they come for that motive to have their sins forgiven, to flee from wrath to come, when tribulation strikes, they don't get angry at God. They cling tighter to the savior and even look forward to the jump. So that's the analogy. And that's so crucial uh, because we have literally millions of people that came for a wonderful plan and they're sitting within churches and there's no things that accompany salvation. They don't fear God. They think they're saved when there's no evidence. And they're the ones that are liable on the day of judgment to cry out to Jesus, Lord, Lord. And you'll say, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. And it, thank you for sharing that. It's and, and if we really would grasp that, why wouldn't we want to share who Jesus is, especially if we have experienced it. And that kind of leads me into my next question. Our church, River of Life in Virginia, has taught a number of the Way of the Master studies, and several of our members have gone through the Ambassador Academy. However, statistics show that only a small percentage of Christians actually share their faith, share the story of the parachute, share why Jesus matters. And I'm just wondering, Ray, from your experience, how do you think we as Christians that are listening to this podcast, how can we overcome those barriers? Well, fear is the number one paralyzer, I believe, when it comes to sharing with the last Charles Spurgeon called evangelism an irksome task. And he put his finger on it. It really is irksome. When I go to uh, preach open air each Saturday at Huntington Beach, I'm going somewhere I don't want to go to say something I don't want to say to people who don't want to hear it. <laughs> but I can't stay at home because people are going to hell. It horrifies me. Yeah. Uh, the analogy I use is, when it comes to fear, would you ever jump into a pond that's filled with huge chunks of ice? It's so cold, you would die in about two to three minutes. It's that cold in that pond. And you'd say, no, I wouldn't jump into that pond for anything. No way. But if a four-year-old boy fell into that pond and he was drowning because his feet couldn't touch the bottom, would you jump in? And you say, I wouldn't hesitate to. I would just mm. forget my flesh, forget about the cold, and just jump in and save that kid. Because love does that. Love is more powerful than fear. And that's what the Bible says. Perfect mm. love casts out all fear. So I know that the waters of personal evangelism are icy cold. We just don't want to get involved. We're afraid of rejection, afraid of answering questions. No, I can't do this, can't do that, not gifted, etc. Mm. But we cannot hold back because people's lives are at stake. And so if you have problems with fear when it comes to evangelism, my advice is don't pray for less fear, pray for more love, because that's the problem. It's love that drives me to reach out to the lost. It's love that overcomes my fears. It's love that causes me to run at Goliath, even though I'm terrified mm. because I'm, I want to forget about my own sinful flesh and the fact that it's cold and I might be rejected, etc. I'm thinking about that person. They're going to hell if they don't hear the gospel. They don't repent and trust in the Savior. So that's what motivates me. The apostle Paul said, wherefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I obey God because I fear him. How can I say I love God and don't do what he's commanded us to do? And I, I'm fearful for, for the lost. I'm fearful of the fact that they're going to die in their sins, be swallowed by this horror called death. The grim reaper is going to come for them. That takes my breath away. But to think that after death, the judgment, man, that makes me just tremble at the thought of someone standing before holy God. Better to fall on the face of the sun than fall into the hands of the living God. The Bible says mm. it's a fearful thing to fall into God's hands. So when I witness to people, I try and put the fear of God in them. And you say, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, the analogy I use once again with the parachute is if you're going to jump out of a plane, 
10,000 feet, why would you put on a parachute? What's your motivation? It's fear. You don't want to hit the ground at 120 miles an hour on your face. You want to land on your feet at you know, 10 miles an hour having a parachute. So the motivation for putting on a parachute is fear. In that respect, that fear is your friend. It's not your enemy. It's doing you a favor. It's making you put on a parachute. And the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Scripture says, through the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So when the fear of God comes upon a sinner, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That fear is the friend, not an enemy. Mm. And so that's why when you use the law of God and you speak to the conscience, it makes sinners tremble. Like Paul, when he witnessed to Felix, he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. The Bible says Felix trembled which is wonderful. You want people to tremble because you want them to flee from wrath. And they're not going to flee from wrath and let go of their beloved sins unless they're fearful. You know, sin is so pleasurable, particularly for guys in the sense that pornography and fornication are deliriously delightful pleasures for them. They're not going to let them go. They're going to fight tooth and nail for those pleasures unless they understand they're in terrible trouble. Like a rich man who falls into the ocean wearing his 40 pound money belt. He wouldn't take it off because he loved his money and it was the death of him. It caused him to drown. That's what sin will do. We love it. We won't let it go. And it'll be the death of us. So what we've got to do is make people tremble and see, hey, this is a fearful thing. And let that fear drive you to the foot of the cross and say, God created me a clean heart. And God is, God is rich in mercy and does that. I love that. I wrote that down. Love is more powerful than fear. And if we're motivated by love, we'll always want, it will compel us, like Paul said, to share the gospel. I know we only have a couple more minutes. I'm so grateful for your time and your insight and your wisdom. And we talk here on this podcast, Make Life Matter, about discovering miracles, even in life's messy moments. And, and you're kind of speaking to that when people are in sin and they're just, they don't even maybe know it, but they're in the middle of a mess. And the greatest miracle, Jesus said, of course, is salvation. But salvation even does not exempt us from life's challenges. And I'm just curious as we kind of close our time together, how you've experienced miracles. I'm sure you've experienced many. If there's one you'd like to share with us throughout your life and ministry. Yeah, I would like to share a miracle that we kind of take for granted. You know, the disciples were there when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, um, give us a sign. And Jesus said, no sign shall be given except the sign of Jonah. And he likened that to his own death and resurrection. Kind of hard to understand, but it's speaking of the power of the gospel. And I like to say to people who ask God for a sign, no sign is going to be given except the sign that God will give you. He will make you a brand new person on the inside. And it's a miracle. God will give you a personal miracle. If you want a sign from God, obey the gospel and suddenly you'll begin to want to do that which is right you will automatically thirst for righteousness and that's a miracle for a sin loving sinner one that drinks iniquity like water loves darkness rather than light suddenly says god i want to please you more than anything in this world i delight to do your will i want to thirst after righteousness that's the personal miracle that every sinner can have when they repent and obey the gospel and that's the one that keeps me going of course i've had answers to prayer wonderful mm. things happen uh and they do on a regular basis i've written a book it's published by bridge called out of the comfort zone 
where just amazing things happen again and again, particularly in coming to the US and God's direction for us to write, come to the US to minister back in 1989. And so that has a number of really wonderful things uh, God did to direct us and guide us. Uh, thank you. I haven't read that one, so I'm going to make sure to get that one myself. And I think you have a brand new book coming out. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you're going to ask me the name of it, and I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's something about Daniel, isn't it? I was looking for it right before I, I started the interview. I should have looked that up. It might be Moses. Moses, that's, right. that's it. It's Moses. Yeah. You know yes. you've written too many books when you don't even know <laughs> the name of your next book. That's, that's that quite is, a prolific writer right there. That's kind of <laughs> <laughs> is it already anyway, out or is it is it out already or is it coming out i think it's coming out they've got two books that are coming out okay um they do publish the evidence bible which i'm so That's thrilled right. that we've done that the evidence bible is just packed full of apologetics and quotes mm. and uh, everything you'd ever want to know about reaching the lost is in the evidence bible and that's published by bridge also so wonderful now, livingwaters.com, is that the best place that people can find out more about your ministry, your books, your resources, your YouTube, everything? is It's chock full of amazing videos and resources. Is there anything else that you would want them to know about before we invite you to pray over our listeners today? Yeah, livingwaters.com is where they can listen to free audios and read free articles and uh, get tracts and uh, all sorts of things. And uh, they can also get find our YouTube channel through livingwaters.com where I said we've got over 100 million views and we are blown away by the fact that so many are coming under the sound of the gospel through our YouTube channel. It's just, just wonderful. Well, we just pray continued blessing and favor over your ministry and all that you are doing. I'm so grateful and honored for your time today. Thank you so much, Ray. And thank you for what you've meant in mine, my husband's lives, my family's life, my son's life, who studies apologetics, who's, who argues the gospel vehemently, has all through public school and continues to. And, and men like you have been incredible influences on our lives. I'm so grateful. And and I just know it's meant so much to our listeners. Maybe there's someone today that's never accepted the gospel and had never accepted Jesus as their savior. And I pray today would be a turning point, something maybe you heard and you realize, I want to make life matter. And the real way to do that is to accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. So thank you, Ray. I'm just going to invite you, if you would, to, to pray over our listeners as we close our time today. Yeah, Father, uh, words cannot express the gratitude in my heart for saving me from the power of death, from the power of the grave, from uh, receiving justice on the day of judgment. Thank you so much for the expression of the cross that you have given a universal invitation to the whole of humanity. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's good news for Muslims, for Hindus, for Buddhists, for atheists, for churchgoers. So we pray particularly for anyone who hasn't been born again, Lord, they need to uh, be saved, to flee from wrath. Today, may they understand the exceeding sinfulness of sin, that you see the thought in life and you're holy and lust is adultery in your eyes and hatred is murder. And they'll understand the cross, that Jesus took the punishment for us. He paid the fine for the law that we broke so we could have our case dismissed and legally be granted everlasting life and have death taken off us, pardoned by the God of the universe. So may they come to that knowledge today and find a place of true sorrow for sin and genuine repentance and faith in Jesus and pass from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. 
So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.